the Pattern Podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2000, climbing 3000. Line up and wait, 7 range, for my Alpha. Mark Tower, 172, Romeo Hotel, hold short on the 133, ready to take off. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to episode 71 of the In the Pattern Podcast. This is Chris, and along with me tonight in the virtual hangar, I've got the usual suspects, and uh, we've got Pilot Conway on the East Coast. What's up, John? Good. How you doing? Good, good. Good to be back with you guys. Brad, how you doing up there? Uh, staying warm, but uh, we're supposed to get our first frost next week. Whoa. Whoa. Speaking of that, wow. <laughs> I, uh, I literally went into the attic uh, yesterday uh, to uh, uh, set up a... Um, an antenna uh, just because it had rained earlier in the day and gotten to the 70s i tried to take advantage of not melting up there because it's still it was like 90 something today so yeah looking forward to those cooler temps maybe uh, give me an excuse to get out there and do some more flying it was 90 down here on saturday uh, no sunday and uh but uh you know that's just the way it is yeah yeah 90 and then 30 whatever right <laughs> So this is episode 71 of the In the Pattern Podcast. We are back with you. Uh, been doing a little bit of flying. There's a little, been a little bit of things going on uh, in the uh, GA community I'd like to talk about, and a few other events happening and so forth. But uh, <clears throat> first, I'd like to just open it up to, uh, to Pilot Conway. Did you, did you get some flying in recently? Kind of. <laughs> kind of? Kind of, yeah. I went in an airplane. It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Airliner. <laughs> I, I touched I touched a yoke. Okay. Flew around for a while. Yeah, so um you know, I spent uh I spent probably a month out of the house um in uh, after Osh. I was back for two weeks and then I went away um <clears throat> to San Diego for three weeks and I went to Denver. Um so I did do a lot of uh, Southwest flying. I was on those airplanes for quite a while. Um I, I know back some, and forth I, across the country. I know some friends with airplanes in both of those locations. Uh yeah, so I did. Uh, I, I did. It worked out well uh, when I was out in San Diego. I, I was doing a conference up in Carlsbad, uh, which happens to be uh, right where Bill keeps his Cherokee Six. Nice. Um, so I was like ten minutes away from the airport. Um, so went up, met with him, um, and we did a nice evening flight. Um, and uh, it was nice. It was the first time I'd been in a small airplane since um, probably the last time I flew, which uh, at this point, year and a half, I think. It's been a long time. Um, so it was, a, it was an interesting day. Um, for, for some reason, the weather out in Southern California was like way more humid than it usually is and like super hot. Um, so there was, number one, there was a huge mosquito problem where I was at at the... Uh, um, conference so there was like just mosquitoes everywhere just from all the moisture and then um, there was this pretty nice marine layer that was kind of coming in and out you know every day that I was down there so when we went up to fly in the evening it was uh, it was it, we got up and it was super hazy it was uh, probably like seven mile visibility um, which when you're used to flying you know whenever I go up usually it is around 10 when I end up flying um, and you know Bill was saying out there he's like it's it's hardly ever less than that. Um, and then all of a sudden you're kind of like, feel like you're blocked in from seven miles. Um, but it was very, very um, just hazy. And then you could kind of see the marine layer was starting to come in off the, um, off the coast. But we, we ended up going, I mean, we weren't able to get too high. Um, we were right by the coast. So we essentially just went down to La Jolla, um, flew out over the water kind of did a turn around there and then came back. Um, I think we came back up the coast a little bit, then turned inland. A uh, little bit of a bay tour? Uh, not, not down to the bay. We didn't go down that far. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we only went down to La Jolla, then, then came back, and then actually went inland a decent ways, um, kind of into the hills a little bit. 
um, found this little private strip he wanted to check out. We went and it took us a while to find it. It was a, a weird spot, kind of like on this like tiny little lake. Um, you know, but with the visibility and everything, it was it was kind of hard to, to see a little bit um, and the way it was oriented. But it was a nice little private strip that had a, a couple hangars and some houses around it. I was like, I could I could live there. That would be nice. <laughs> so um, kind of did that. Went back. Um, got to you know fly in between a couple of hills and things like that. Um, I yeah. got to do a decent amount of, um, you know, flying while I was up there. You know, he handed off the controls to me, which was, uh, it was, I guess the biggest thing for me, it was refreshing to know that I could still fly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, being, it's being just beautiful to, uh, terrain out there. The scenery is, no really matter where you it? go, it seems to be nice. Yeah. And it's so yeah. different than here. Um, Love to fly out there. That would be fun. Yeah, it's just that the you got the hills there, and then you've got the um, you know the coastline, and it's just beautiful and the the ocean and everything, and um, you know all the hills and everything out there are just they're just so different than flying in the Appalachians out here, where everything just looks like woods and that's it with like little hills. <laughs> Is um, your forest a little more denser? It's, well, it's like well, it's like you know, it's not they're hills out here and cliffs and stuff and there's homes all around obviously it's very pop very densely populated obviously yeah um but it's just you know it's not you don't see those those peaks and stuff like that um here like you do out out west um what was uh interesting was that uh you know he had a bunch of uh ipads and everything um in the cockpit so we were trying out the new synthetic vision stuff that foreflight had come out with I think just before that, they they added some traffic, I believe, um, into the synthetic vision part. Um, if I'm correct, that was a new feature. So yeah, that um, came out this summer. Yeah, <clears throat> so he had a, a Stratus in there, so we were pulling that, so we were getting the traffic, um, which was really useful. I mean, I'm used. To, I've seen that kind of thing before in the G1000, but but seeing it just on my on the iPad, I mean, that is. Um, so it overlays that ADS-B traffic in a uh, synthetic vision view? Yep, and exactly like it does in, like, say, the G1000, where it'll tell you where it thinks it is, height-wise, in relation to yeah. where you're looking. Okay, that's um, cool. Yeah, which is just incredibly useful, um, being able to see that. And then you can have the map next to it, so you'll see the traffic on the map, too. Um, and, you know, there was a couple planes that took us a little while, actually, to find, because with the haze and everything, it was kind of hard. There was one guy we were looking for for, like, three minutes, and we could tell we were getting closer we were gaining on him and i think he was going the same direction for a while um and eventually we did we did spot him um before he got too close but that was uh you know took us a little while but the the synthetic vision thing was awesome trying to trying to figure that out and really helped to find him um but yeah it was a nice flight uh i got some time flying remember what i'm doing uh we ended up doing uh, an ifr approach in to um uh, to the airport because it was a uh, the layer had formed at that point so that was the first time I'd actually ever been in actual, um, which was a new experience for me. <laughs> um, we kind of broke through. It's a pretty high. different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it it definitely is. Um, and and being that was the first time I'd done that, and so he had like the charts up and stuff. But I've never, you know, I haven't really like I. I understand the charts to some degree, but I, I, you know, I didn't like brief that plate or anything like that. So I didn't quite know what was going on. You know, I was just trying to follow the, um, the, IL, I think it was an ILS we were doing in, um, <clears throat> but I actually, I didn't do, do too bad on that. I mean, it's been a long time since I've, I've done anything like that too. So that was, um, that was just fun. It was a, it was a fun little flight. We ended up coming in, um, ended up being a little high going mist. And then just, uh, at that point we broke through the clouds. We were fine VFR in. Um, you know, and Bill took it and then landed and all that. But it was just a um really nice flight, nice little little evening and um it was uh it was a nice way to, to start my couple days alone up at the, the conference I was going to I had the wife and kid down at uh <laughs> down with my sister in law. So I had a little mini vacation to myself that started with flying, so you can't go wrong with that. Nice. Sounds all right to me. Yeah, it was. So, um, I mean, it was just fun. We had dinner after that, and um, it was nice to be around an airplane again. 
And so hopefully now that I'm back here, um, things will settle down in the next month or so, and I'll um, start studying to do the flight review and and hopefully get that done done with and nice. back up in the air. Get current again. Yeah, it's uh, now you've flown in uh, both of Bill's planes. Well, I've been in the six before. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. We did, uh, we went out to the desert. It was the same year I did the, um, we did the, the biplane. Oh, okay. The Great Lakes. Cause we, yeah. we ended up, cause I was out there for like two and a half weeks. We ended up being able to meet up twice. Oh, cool. So. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's getting to be about that time of year that I'm going to start, uh, emailing folks about the, uh, trip to, uh, Catalina, uh, from Pomona. So I'll be hitting him up along with, uh, Mark and, and uh, Franz and uh, Andy and some of the other people uh, I have on the list, so we will uh, try and figure out a date that works for everybody. One year, one year. I'm gonna make it out for that. Yeah, it'd be so cool if, uh, if all you guys could come sometime. That'd be amazing. Yeah, that'd be fun to to fly out for. Man, that'd be a haul. Yeah, it's a waste, but <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll finish my Sonics and then I'll fly out there. there you I'll go. have to block off like a month and a half, but it'll be fine. Yeah, you, know, you could get Larry's. I think he's only two years out. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that somewhere before. I, like about again. four years ago. Six. He's, uh, he's got a good price on it. If I had, if I this had a is, spot. This is the speed build kit at this point. I'm actually not sure that he's gotten up to the quick build kit yet. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. Wings, no, I think where he was and that, and that, stab and, and rudders. I know he had some wings and some other stuff, but um, the quick build actually comes with a lot more than I thought it did because the whole fuselage is almost done at that point. There's no tail. Um, I know some of the wing stuff is done. You have to do all the control surfaces, all the wiring, firewall forward. The canopy comes, but you have to put it on, and there's some other stuff you have to do. But it's it's a lot further along than you would think. I don't know if he has the um, B-model conversion or not. If, but if I had a spot for it, I would, but I don't. But one day, I will have a, I will have a place, and I will, I will build an airplane. Someday. Hey, um, did you see the... Uh the news from SpaceX, how it confirms um, the moon ride for the first space tourists. I saw something about that. Yeah. Would, would, would you do it? Would you, would you sign if say you had the money to spend on it? Would you sign up for to be the, be the first? I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to let a few of them pass before I jump on that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, they, they did a great job with the, uh, you know, uh, I'd say perfecting their craft when it comes to SpaceX and the launches of, uh, you know, uh, stuff at, to the space station and, and that sort of thing. I mean, not that they still don't have the occasional issue, um, but certainly their percentage has gotten quite a bit better. But this will be the first, so I don't know. They will be. They will have humans up before that flight goes off. What do you mean by that? So you they mean- are that flight is for the um the big rocket that doesn't even exist yet oh, that okay. they're working on. So and that one's a, the first around the moon for a private private person is what they were trying to do. Oh yeah, they yeah. will be flying astronauts the International Space Station on Dragon well before that. Oh, okay, that so, helps. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would do it, but I don't have the money or um also their timeline. There's no way they're doing it in the timeline they say cuz well, you yeah. probably add 5 to 10 years for anything Elon Musk says. <laughs> um But says the people still looking for their Tesla 3. Oh, yeah. too soon. Yeah, you know, Sorry. I actually um a bunny mine actually got his art. So I, and I've seen a lot around here, so they're they're out. Oh, really? Yeah, there are I've seen a couple of them. I just uh, I I can't wait till that that technology is light enough to really put it in an airplane and have it be useful. Waiting is what you're going to have to do. 
Uh, I'm still intrigued by the whole Pipistrel thing. I know that they, you know, they kind of really only do it for, you know, tout it for pattern work, but it, it's still interesting that they've at least made something that seems viable to to a small market. Yeah, and going back to what we were talking about earlier with the uh, battery technology, it, it does continue to get better and better. And what do they got? Something like an uh, hour and a half-ish uh, battery time? I think, it's like an, I think it's like an hour. Yeah. So that, uh, that climb kills you, obviously. Um, but uh, then when you can pull it back and you're in, you're in the pattern or whatever, I mean, shoot, you could do... You know. Well, and I think there's a lot of regenerative stuff, too, because when you're coming into land and stuff, you can do a lot of regenerative, because um, you got the wind going over the prop at that point, you're not really using it for power, but, so you can regenerate some of the power. I, I think they're doing some of that. Hmm. And I don't know if there's any regenerative on the brakes, or if that's even worth it. Uh, oh, yeah. But, Those brakes are but so small. Of, but there's a lot of little tricks you can do like that, though, to kind of, like... Um, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, we were talking about stuff from batteries earlier. I think in the pre-show, I mean, that's, you know, there's a lot of little tricks that they're doing to these batteries these days to extend the length of time or to limit when they're pulling or how they pull and stuff like that to make them go even longer. So we're getting smaller and smaller batteries in our phones, but the, the time they're running is the same or slightly longer on less battery power. So until we have some breakthrough in technology with, with, different types of batteries i mean it's kind of what we end up having to do to be able to fit it into anything like an airplane yeah is anyone also layering the top surface of the uh, wings and fuselage with uh, uh solar i think only that really goofy looking like nas i don't know if that it's glider one, thing whatever that yeah the solar impulse or something yeah that's yeah, like i can imagine that's not paying off you know the weight that you spend to put the thing, the weight and the cost that you spend putting those panels in. Yeah, not not not, not charging enough. Back. Yeah, yeah. not for the put, surface area you have. You can put a lot of solar panels on top of the hangar, and they'll charge all the time, or they'll generate power all the time. Yeah, they'll get there. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not uh, too far in the future, I'm sure. So, um. The uh, Reno Air Races uh, just finished. Did you guys uh, catch any of that? I was kind of watching it from my desk at work and then at home occasionally on, on the weekends and stuff because uh, they uh, they uh, stream it live. I didn't actually this year. I uh, I uh, what happened? Anything anything cool? Everybody okay? Um, there was a couple of jets that bumped midair while racing. Ooh, that'll leave a mark. That yeah, sound good. It uh, it it damaged them pretty good. I'll throw you some links so you can put them in the show notes and stuff. And you can there's uh plenty of video out there too. As uh, as one was trying to pass the other one, he was he he was from behind and high. The other one turns wing up to make his turn, and when he wings up, he hits the other guy. Um, both of them landed just fine. Uh, they were. I've obviously out for the rest uh, of the races, um, and uh, they damaged uh, the planes uh, fairly badly. You know, I mean, as far as that goes, it's chunk one chunk of a wingtip was missing, and there was some damage to like horizontal stabilizer um, and and a bunch of other stuff. You'll just have to check out some of the video and and uh, and pictures. You'll see it, but uh, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, um, flight chops. Obviously, you've heard yeah, of him. Uh, he, he was he was out there. Um, he went out with uh, one of the guys that does some uh, sport racing um, in a Q three hundred or Q or S three hundred. What's it called? Something like that. It's a it's a it's a small two seat two seat plane with a big um, six cylinder engine, like IO five forty or something on it, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh so he he went out with him and this is the this guy also is friends with um Dreadnought. Uh and and that's that's the uh what is it? It's a uh, uh shoot. Can't think of the name of the plane. I was going to say it. 
uh, I'll look it up here. Um, but he went out with him. They, it was a whole bunch of guys that um, that left from the same place. So there was a um, kind of like a mass formation of warbirds and stuff that was flying from their hangar out to uh, Reno Stead. Dropped off the airplanes, flew back in like a B-8, Beach 18 to get some more airplanes and then fly again out there on another lake and so forth. It was kind of it was kind of neat. Uh, you should go to um, to uh, Flight Chops' uh, a YouTube page and you can watch uh, watch some of it. Pretty awesome. Um, let's see. Dreadnought is a airplane. I always forget what this thing is. It's an unlimited air racer uh, in the unlimited class. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he got first place. Um, sea Fury. There you go. It's a Sea Fury. Yeah, he beat out all the Mustangs and everything um, in the in the Sea Fury this year. So man, it's just something that I've 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 wanted to go to for many years. It's so much closer to even Oshkosh, but uh, it's uh, it's it's not a not a quick flight in a small plane, and it's not certainly not a, an easy drive. It's like twelve or fourteen hours to drive it to Reno from here, and it's probably at least uh, three and a half, four hours to fly it mm-hmm. at best. That's um, not that bad. Nah, but you know, if if I own an airplane, no big deal. If I rent an airplane, huge deal. Um, maybe one day. Uh, uh, Franz and I will go out because he wants to go to it too. But I'd love to see it in person. It'd be a blast. Ultimate goal would be one day I'd love to b- actually fly in the sport uh, sport category. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a hoot. That'd be a really good podcast episode. Yeah. In Pattern Podcast is looking for uh, <laughs> investors sponsors. and sponsors uh, <laughs> to uh, get us a plane. And I think we could manage to accrue uh, it. <laughs> yeah, just I just I just need a Lance Air that does uh somewhere around 400 miles an hour and I'll be I'll be just fine. Uh, even the big ones are 300 and that's in the flight levels, so <laughs> that's going to be tough. No, they and and the, the jets are doing 500 plus miles an hour. Um the um Wow, they must get waivers then. What do you mean? Well, no oh. take over 250 oh, yeah. below. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, all of those planes, this, the sport class and the unlimiteds, are all doing over two, uh, 200 or 250, I mean, um, and, and 50 feet off the ground, in fact. It's uh, pretty impressive. Impressive. What could go wrong? Yeah, I know. There's, there's been, there's been a, a few issues, and, uh, but uh, I'm glad they, they continue to do it. Uh, it was really cool that because this uh, jet racing with the uh, L-39s, L-29s, um, there's a few other oddball uh, jets other than those that are in the race, too. That um, I think last year there was a, a vampire, and he just, like, smoked everybody. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't there this year. There's a there's a lady I can't remember her name but she flies in the uh, sport class and then gets out of it jumps into a jet and flies the jet class. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty impressive. But yeah, that'd be a uh, a huge hoot to go see it and even more to uh, be a part of it one day. So that's on the uh, to do list uh, someday. So if I if I don't make it to Oshkosh one year, I'll definitely try and, and make it to that. That'd be a blast. So, but we won't talk about not making it to Oshkosh. Never. No, no. So, since Oshkosh, uh, you've got to do a little bit of uh, flying too. Is that right? Yeah, I uh, I just came home from a weekend in International Falls, Minnesota, the icebox of the United States. Um, although it was pretty sweet while we were up there. Uh, is it, is it called that because it's on the border of Canada? It is on the border of Canada and routinely has the lowest temperature in the continental United States. And I think it might still hold the record for the lowest temperature in the continental United States. It was wow. about 47 below or something like that. Yikes. Um, I'm sure that there's a Wikipedia article out there somewhere. Um but uh, it was very pleasant when we were there. Um, flew up uh, just this past Friday uh, in the Saratoga and um, 
had uh, it was a had to rush. We got home from work and had to grab our stuff and go straight to the airport because uh, there's a big old convective segment um, outlook segment that had been put in place, and which meant that the weather was coming and we needed to get um, past it before it before it showed up. So quick headed to the airport. The plane had plenty of fuel. Um, and uh you know we made it through but it was really filling in with a lot of uh thunderstorms and the like right behind us <clears throat> as we were going i i say right behind us but i mean you know 60 70 miles um behind us uh that's about a 5 hour drive from here and it's about a 1 hour and 20 minute flight um it was just a great a great use of the airplane um, and, and really it was a pretty easy flight as long as we hurried to get out of, get out of Dodge. <clears throat> um, so we got there, uh, in the, we were VFR, uh, at or above VFR minimums the whole time, but it got, it got a little bit, um, it got a little bit low, uh, as we were puttering along through the middle part of the state. Um, but got there and it was beautiful weather when, uh, up in International Falls, um, we uh rented a car and uh or at least we thought we rented a car but the car rental company didn't think that we rented a car and issued an all points bulletin on us um for oh. stealing it <laughs> oh luckily well that's fun the cops apparently discounted that because <laughs> they never did anything uh, we brought the car back and we're like, hey, you told us that you were going to have the rental car there. And so we found it and it had keys in it and we took it. <laughs> <laughs> and the person at the car rental company had apparently forgotten that detail. Ah, I and, see. Uh, for, for anyone at home keeping score, that reminds me of the uh, Seinfeld episode. You know how to take the reservation, you just don't know how to. Hold the reservation. You have to go look that one up later. Yeah, I guess. Uh, You know, it turned out, like I said, it turned out fine, but but we are definitely the talk of International Falls. Um, So we pulled back up on on Monday to come home. And again, it was one of these where it's like, we got to get out of Dodge because it's starting to fill in south of us. It's really pretty unusual for us to get thunderstorms this time of year, but but we certainly did. And... uh, so, you know, we pull in and I'm walking to the airport because I need 20 more gallons of fuel. The uh, Saratoga is still doing its engine break-in. And so we're burning 23 gallons an hour um, because you're supposed to run it full rich uh, the whole way until uh, you get 50 hours on it. And so we're still crawling our way up to 50 hours since uh, it had a new engine put in it over the summer. So I need 20 gallons of fuel. I'm walking in. I can see somebody on his cell phone standing just inside the FBO, and he's kind of looking over his shoulder and looking around, and I'm going, oh, great. This is this is going to be good. So I walk in, and they're asking about the car. and Where did you get that car? And I'm like, well, I rented it from so-and-so. And, you know, they had obviously been in touch with them, and they it had been reported stolen. <laughs> and... The whole deal. Um, and so we got that all straightened out, and there was no drama or police interaction. Um, and <laughs> it, it all turned out fine, except possibly for the person who rented us the car who told her boss that it had been stolen. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think, I think she might have, been, might have had a little bit of a rough day, might be looking for work, uh, actually. <laughs> but, um, but we did our best, and... and uh, you know, had a mostly uneventful flight back. Uh, we got just to the point where I made my initial call back to Crystal Tower. Just, you know, hey, 10 miles north, you know, inbound full stop with Mike. And before they even issued me instructions, for approach instructions, um, a flock of small waterfowl, I think probably coots, uh, flew out in front of us and all of them got away except one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, poor little dude hit the hit the Saratoga's windshield as she was cruising along at probably 130, 140 knots. And uh No prop, just windshield? Just the windshield, no prop. And 
the windshield was fine, thankfully. I had I ducked out of the way just in case because it was right over by me. Yeah. Um, but the windshield held up and just left an enormous grease mark all the way up the all the way up the glass practically. Um, and then it was funny because there was all kinds of pattern work going on at the airport, and I call in. And I get, eventually they call me back and they give me, you know, enter a write down win three, two, right. And I'm like, okay, that's what I expected. And, and then it goes dead quiet on the radio and it was long enough. And I'm like, man, there were four planes in the pattern like a minute ago. And now I don't hear a a darn thing. And so I just key the mic and I'm like, calm check. Like, yeah, we hear you loud and clear. I'm like, okay, this is. 100 Juliet Golf, um, we had a bird strike, and I just wanted to make sure that we didn't lose the comm antennas. Yeah. Like, no, you're fine, um, but let us know once you're on the ground if there's any damage. Uh, and so uh, we got, got on the ground. Uh, and, managed... and by the way, where did all the other planes go? Yeah, where did all the other planes <laughs> go? And, you know, okay, well, <laughs> airport's open, so I guess it's okay. Um and uh you know we landed uh managed and it managed two good landings on that whole trip and uh you know keep a little bit of power in on the saratoga and she just settles right down down onto the runway that's that's my pro tip for the week um and uh taxied in and and got out and looked it over real carefully and nope there was no no damage to the windshield and so you know grab my handheld and call the tower and uh and all was well uh, and you know we got home before the storms hit, but just barely. Um, and so you know, yet another round of of kind of weird September September storms rolled through. Um, but we had you know uh, we had a great time. Uh, International Falls is a beautiful place. It's right up, like I said, on the border, and uh, it's a great big huge lake. And uh, rented a boat and puttered around on that for a while, and enjoyed the scenery and dreamed about getting a second home up on a lake in northern Minnesota and decided that it's much better to just fly around the country and see the whole thing. Um, nice. But uh, but yeah, that's been it. I'm uh, needing to get night current, and night right now is about, I think it's about 7.30 is FAA night, meaning 6.30 sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we haven't jumped uh, out of daylight saving time yet, and then it then it gets really obscene. Next um, month, right? Uh, November. Yeah. So night currency is getting earlier and earlier, and it's pretty easy to pick up. And I might just uh, drop the boy off at Cap and and do a couple trips around the pattern. Uh, uh, you know, maybe Tuesday night if the weather if the weather continues to hold. Um, and the other thing is, I'm starting to run out of IFR, um, and even though we're getting into icing season. I'd like to, to keep that running. And the FAA made that a lot easier because now I can go to the club where we have a sim and I can sit down at the yes. sim and do my IFR work and not have a CFII. So that ends up costing me, you know, I can, I can do six and a hold for about 30 bucks on the sim. Nice. And get out of there and be completely, you know, current. Um, and, uh, you know, I still go up from time to time and do it for real, but I'm just saying it, it, it's easy to, to pull it off. Is this something uh, new that your clubs recently got, or have you guys had it for a while? We've had the sim for about a year and a half. Okay. Tell us about it. What, what is it? It's, uh, well, it's X-Plane based. I can't remember the manufacturer. It's not, it's not Redbird. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's, uh, it's a three monitor x-plane based sim it's got a flight quadrant and a yoke um you can set it up for single engine or multi um and we just use it really for for ifr work uh so you know you can set it at whatever airport you want uh, or whatever location you want um and get yourself set up on an approach in whatever airplane you're flying uh, as often as not i just fly an arrow um on it it's a lot of easier to do IFR with uh, retractable gear because uh, you get to the final approach fix or, or the glide slope and you throw the gear out and it just 
the plane just follows it right down. You almost <laughs> you almost don't have to touch the throttle to get the the roughly 500 foot per minute descent rate uh, that you need to shoot um, like a standard three degree glide slope. Um, so it, it's real easy, um, and it's basically what you do in the in the real plane anyway, uh, unless you have. Unless I'm flying the Mooney or the Saratoga, where I've got a coupled autopilot, uh, in which case I still throw the gear out, but it's doing all the work anyway. I don't have to touch the throttle because it'll just adjust. Um, it'll just adjust trim uh, to follow the glide slope down. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, you I, I hand fly the the sim because it's otherwise you're just sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> you're not really doing anything. It's it's pretty easy to keep your scan going on the sim, um, and especially if the if the virtual autopilot's engaged. So you know you hand fly the sim just to to keep current and keep your scan practiced, and uh, and fly it in. And like I said, you can bang them out really really quite fast um, because you're not spending all of that time flying from one approach to the next, and then to the mist, and then getting vectored around and then getting set up on the next one. Um, so it, it goes pretty quick. And like I said, it's just me. I don't need, I don't need anybody else in the plane. Um, or I don't need the plane and I don't need a flight instructor sitting next to me in the sim room so I can do it anytime, which is great because all of the uh, flight instructors in the club are busy doing like charter work and other things because all of the people that used to do charter work got sucked into the airlines and <laughs> yeah it's cyclical <laughs> it it just it's just demand you know right now there's a huge demand for for pilots and yeah it pulls and pulls and pulls so our the main guy that I've been doing most of my flight instructing with at the club um is he's flying a pilatus around the country and you know that's a pretty good gig. Yeah, <laughs> I can't nice can't plane. Him. One of my know? favorites. Yeah, that's that's a great red rig. Um, so What's... you know it's been fun. Uh, it's getting dark. It's getting cold. Starting to think about maybe pulling off an adventure this spring to go someplace. I'm not sure how it'll go. Uh, might be might might fly someplace warm and probably still have a couple flights in me uh, this year, uh, bigger ones. But we'll see what. We'll see how it goes. Oh, it's going to sound fun. See what the weather has in store for you. Yeah. Uh, I was just telling um, a couple of the guys at work that uh, the two newest guys on my team that uh, some night after work, we just need to head to the airport and do uh, you know some night flying together. Because uh, shortly after we get off work, get to the airport, and by the time you got it you know, pre-flighted and ready to go, it's sunset, so... Yeah, and as soon as daylight savings time hits here, I think the sunset is like before five o'clock, and so you know, yeah, five thirty. It's it's pitch dark. I remember uh, when I was growing up in Missouri. It seemed like uh, you know, getting out of school around three o'clock in the winter time. It was like sun was already, you know, getting low in the west. Yeah, I think our earliest sunset. On on the solstice, December twenty first is before four p.m. Jeez, yeah. So you get up and it's dark, you know, yeah. and you come home and it's dark. Yeah, yeah. That's you, the you, that's the worst when I had no windows in the office either. <laughs> You're like, has the sun ever come out? Is there? A sun? I've never I seen the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're nice and pale. <laughs> I'm so glad I have a window now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh man. Hey, um I was going to ask you and you you we might have talked about this at some point in the past, but uh so you guys have had the Saratoga for what a little over a year now? A couple of years now. And yeah. um what's the uh, what's the speed difference between that and that, that 6 that you had? Of course, it was a 260, not a 300. It was a six. 260 and it was old um and it was it was about a 125 knot airplane. Uh-huh. And the Saratoga is, I had it trued out at 156. And what are you burning about at that? Well, right now I'm burning 23.3. Oh, well. But normally <laughs> I'm burning about 15.5 to 16. Uh-huh. And what are you, you probably cruising at, what, 
five thousand feet or something. I mean, what yeah, if he got up to? What if he got up into the sweet spot into around nine thousand or so? If I get it up around eight or nine thousand, um, the true airspeed is about the same, but you're you're trimming it back into maybe fourteen. Yeah. Um, or I should say, leaning it back into maybe fourteen. Okay. Um, I didn't. I don't think I ever got it into the thirteens, even when I was way up high. Um, you have an engine monitor on it. We do. We have a, oh. a one of the big new JPI. Uh, it's like a three-inch diagonal screen, so you can oh, see yeah. everything all the time. Right. It's not cycling wow. through. You just see each individual cylinder. Every cylinder and all of the you know your fuel burn, your consumption, how much you've used, how much you're gonna you've gonna yeah. use, how much reserve you have. It's all there. Yeah. Um, it's it's a great monitor and there's it's the six or you know it's that huge wide cabin so there's plenty of room for a big three inch display yeah. on the panel one of the cool things i saw uh on one of those jpis that someone was showing um was like oops i took off and i forgot to uh tell the jpi that i had full fuel yes no problem that was me on on monday yep. you can do it in, you can do it in flight because it knows how much you've burned so far Yes. And it will still figure it out. I thought yeah. that was cool. And and even if you didn't do full, if you like for me, I took off and I was like, ah, I got the warning of like you're running low on yeah. fuel. You're like, and, oh yeah. and I'm like, oh. So you hold there's two buttons on the panel and you hold them both down and it cycles through and the it you can say refuel and it says yes, and then it asks you, did you put in full fuel? And you say no. Mm-hmm. And it's and then you can tell it how much fuel you put in just by messing with the buttons a little bit. And so I said, okay, I added 20 gallons. And, you know, the warnings all went away and it was all fine and, and everything was happy, um, which was great. I I was glad that I remembered how to do that because <laughs> you can actually do that on the old JPIs, but yeah. um, you just have to remember the buttonology. And with the new big LCD panel, it's the user interface is just nicer to deal with. Pretty intuitive. Yeah, it wasn't bad, except you know the two button thing. I really wish yeah. that it just had a Bluetooth thing and could talk to ForeFlight or something. But you know, maybe someday. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if all of that stuff was just displayed, you know, and you could interact with it through through a touch screen, a single touch screen interface, but. Yeah, or an app on your phone or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is yeah, just just let me have the app on my phone and I'll just swipe through it and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's nice having a display panel, but yeah, we need air. Yeah, CarPlay for planes. AirPlay, AirPlay, AirPlay or uh, Android, (laughs) Android Plane, (laughs) Plane Play. Yeah, Android Plane. Um. But it'll come, you know, it, it's amazing just in the time since we've been recording this podcast, the advances in avionics are, are just amazing. Oh, you know, yeah. How inexpensive they're becoming, you know, an, an autopilot used to be 20 grand and now it's five. Yeah. 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 And, and, and with like the, uh, um, the allowance of something like the, the Garmin G5. Uh, was the first of what's now been several uh, non-TSO'd uh, avionics things that's been allowed uh, onto certified airplanes now, which is nice. Yeah, yep, and I've seen more and more people taking the vacuum system out, um, you know, and vacuum pumps are notorious for for failing uh, at about 500 hours, and then, you know, all of a sudden you're in IMC and you've got no <laughs> gyros, and it becomes a real emergency. Um, whereas now it's like, well, I've got two, two, maybe three, you know, attitude indicators in the plane. So if that one failed, that's okay. Or if I lost the electrical system, that's okay. It's all on battery backup. Yeah. Like it's, it's just so much safer, um, to, to get rid of those mechanically driven and mechanically activated gyros. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Speaking of you get uh, a useful load, what's that? Oh yeah, well, yeah. You pick up a ton yeah. of useful load. Those pounds count. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, apps and so forth, I uh, I saw a advertisement for a uh, 
Well, you, you're probably familiar with uh, flightplan.com, FLTPLAN.com. Right? Yeah. So they've got a uh, a flight uh, a flight tracking app uh, for iOS devices um, that allows you to track those flights in real time. I thought it would be kind of one of those neat things for your you know, your significant other or somebody that's, you know, always looking out for you while you're flying or something, just something for them. And this all just depends if you're going to do a flight plan, I assume, or at least be on flight following at a minimum. Yeah, I, you know, I almost never show up on flight following on, like, flightplan.com or, um, God, what's the other one? Flight Aware. Flight Aware. Um, but at IFR, you do. Um, uh-huh. There's just, there's a 15-minute lag. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, this, uh, this, this app was kind of cool because the thing that caught me is what it said. It says in real time. And I always knew that like FlightAware and those other ones, there was always this lag. Like I've got several people through FlightAware that I get like an email notification when they're in, in the air. Mm-hmm. And then I'll click on it if I'm not busy and say, oh, where are they going? What are they doing? You know? And I'll see that Franz is going to California for something or whatever, and I might text him, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm just crossing this or that. If he has, if he has service, he can text me back or whatever." And then I'll be like, uh, "It looks like you're." Uh, I'll be like, "It looks like you're um, about ready to land at wherever," and he'd be like, "Oh, I landed ten minutes ago, you know, or whatever." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, real time seems to be kind of cool. But I always thought that was like a security thing as the reason why they didn't do that. It is, and I think the way that they get around it is there's a network of people that have ADSB receivers, and so they're not using FAA data, but they're using you know FAA transponder data, but they're using people's uh, you know ADSB receivers in their in their home or at their office or at the hangar or whatever that's acquiring that information in real time and, and broadcasting it out. Mm, okay. Yeah, I've seen a couple because I've been looking for data actually for work to pipe into stuff. So I was trying to find some um, services that didn't cost a huge amount of money just to get access to some test data. But I saw a lot of them were um, there's a couple networks that were like, you can get access to the test data if you provide a feed of your stuff, Mm -hmm. whatever you're listening to. Um. I don't know if they operate the same way, but I've seen a couple of places that do that too, where they're like, Hey, if we'll give you access to all of the ADSB data we have, if you provide us a feed of whatever you, you know, you have in your area. Right. So it's an interesting way. I mean, it's kind of the, um, um, live ATC way, right? Stick a bunch of receivers around the country and then stream it to the internet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And now that you can do, do, do these things on like a little raspberry Pi. You know, you can stick those anywhere, and they're cheap. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So, yeah, as far I mean, as I know, that's the trick. Yeah, I mean, I typically, you know, text my wife after I land, hey, I made it, or whatever, and, and then I also text uh, uh, whenever I'm getting ready to take off. So, she's aware of about when I'm supposed to be taking off and when I'm supposed to be landing. I, I don't text my wife. I just text the uh, controllers. Yay, Sifra. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to call them. I can't text them. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, if you've got your logbooks handy, I was wondering, I, how many different types of aircraft are in your logbook at this point? Well... And I just mean type, like, like, like for example, I've got multiple PA twenty eights, multiple one seventy twos, Cessna one forties. Oh, just one of those. Um, what else I got? Uh, um, Got PA-28 Alphas, P-28 Romeos, so Cherokees, Arrows, Mooney, Saratoga, Cherokee 6, Cessna 172, and I think that's it. 
I got uh, one, uh, you know, arch archers and Cherokees and, oh, and, and, and a glider. Oh, there you go. Ar- the whole variant of the PA twenty eight variants, the, the the Cherokees, the archers, and even the warriors. Um, several variations of one seventy two P's, SPs, N's, and so forth. Um, a scout, uh, which is an eight CB G G six or something or C six, you know, G C G. It's the um, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, it's kind of the variation of a decathlon, a super decathlon. Oh, nice. It's, yeah, that's the one on floats that I flew when I was in Seattle. Um, the the Mooney the M twenty. Uh, K of uh, Franz's have flown that. Um, got quite a few flights in in the Remos GX. Um, I flew I flew um, a Satabria uh, a seven K CAB um, a few years ago. Mm, I think that's about it for me. Listen to you with your paper logbook. I know, huh? Yeah, so old school. <laughs> Batteries still work, though. <laughs> Says mine, and I'll have a fresh one tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I have a couple 172Ps, a 172S, uh, some time I had in a Great Lakes. Oh, yeah, I forgot to put that down. Yeah, yeah, that counts. Uh, DA20, Saratoga, and that's it. Oh, yeah, I've got a, I've got DA20 time that didn't make my logbook because it's, it was my first discovery flight. Oh, was it? I never Hmm. went all the way back. Hmm. I I remember, I don't, like, that battery was bigger. What's that? (laughs) The battery was bigger in the 20. It's such a great airplane, but. Man, it was just a pain to start. Oh, the DA twenty. I remember mm-hmm. you talking about that. Mm-hmm. Being I remember a real joy. Like twenty some years ago, I was in the car business, and uh, one of the guys um, that I knew there was uh, starting to take flight lessons. But before it was the DA twenty, it was the um, Diamond, uh, or no, no, what was it called? Got it. What was it previous to the DA twenty? You remember what the name of it was? Um, uh, katana, the diamond yes, katana. It was the katana. Good job. Yeah, neat plane. I thought for for its time, pretty cool. I thought it was still the DA twenty. It was just the DA twenty katana. I I don't know that they called it the DA twenty back then. Let's see, diamond. Uh... Ah, I think you're right. It says the Diamond DV20 slash DA20 Katana. Mm-hmm. I thought that DA20 name came came later for some reason. It was decided to develop a new two-seat aircraft later designated as the DV20 Katana. Mm. Oh, so it, it started off as the DV20, DVA1 Katana, then a DA20. A one, but wow, that thing's been around since, and it was considered a motor glider at the time because had the, had it still they still do have like the DA twenty still seem to have real long wings uh, in relation to the rest of the aircraft, I guess. But uh, nineteen ninety three came out super efficient, good trainer, I suppose. Fun little plane. Yeah, it's nice, it to have, nice to have a <laughs> nice to have a plane with a stick. I've always been a fan. Yeah. Oh, well, it looks like Mr. Mark's uh, still tied up on uh, his, his call. He's, he's on a, uh, uh, a call with a group of people about um, upcoming uh, air show, it looks like, at his airport. That uh, he's always been a part of uh, helping out with while he's there. So I will, uh, I guess, chat at him a little bit later when it comes to the... Uh, the, the the flight out to uh, Catalina. 
It's cool. This year we are uh, changing our venue of where we're staying. And um, the cool thing is, is that it's uh, right next to the lake and the airport. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to have a somewhat elevated view of the airport from where we're uh, going to be camping at this year. So nice. It should be cool. I will uh, maybe do a little live stream or something uh, while I'm there to, to show everyone. Should be should be awesome. Though everybody everybody at the campsite is going to be like, "Where's Chris?" Well, a few hundred yards away with a with his uh, chair and a beverage in his hand, watching airplanes <laughs> come and go from. Uh, <laughs> I got my landing scorecard out there. Hey, it was a seven. You can do better next time. Ooh. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you bounced it don't mean you get to log that twice. <laughs> Tough, man. Oh, yeah. All right. It, it happens. <laughs> anyway. So, I think that uh, pretty much uh, covers us for episode 71. Anyone else yeah. say differently? No, I'm good. Do some shout-outs and uh, wrap I'm this thing the, up. At the end of my bullet here, whiskey. Oh, yeah, see, it's time. Mm. I'm at the end of my night. It's getting late. Who's got shout-outs? I do. Go, Go ahead. for it. Shout-out to Bill. Thank you. It's a fun flight, fun time. Bill gets lots of shout-outs. Good. I know, but you know what? It's you keep going to San Diego, and uh, just give him an excuse know. to fly. I dare you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Give anybody an excuse to fly. So, I had a shout out to. Uh, I had a few. Uh, one tonight for the folks at the Fairbo Municipal Airport, which was struck by a tornado. Uh, this evening, and uh, kind of hoping that everything turned out okay. I, I heard that there were at least a few airplanes flipped over, but I, I hope nobody was mm. in them. Um, a shout out to Piper for making uh, really thick windshields on Saratogas. Apparently, <laughs> well thick enough to keep out a coot. Um, shout out to the International Falls Police Department for looking the other way when we drove by and apparently a stolen rental car. Um, and a shout out to my son for, he is, uh, just getting ready to promote to senior airman, uh, in a cadet senior airman and, uh, civil air patrol. And he will be attending the, um, non-commissioned officer school in October, uh, NCOS to get ready to become a sergeant and start leading other cadets. So proud of him for uh, for all he's uh, accomplishing awesome yeah I, I assume he's enjoying it quite a bit yeah he's having a great time awesome I don't have any shout outs what sorry maybe next time wow alright well then in that case um let's see where's our Home on the internet, Chris. Me? Uh, you Where can, can find, find me you? at uh, uh, cholabaz on uh, the Twitter machine. And uh, pretty much um, shortly before Oshkosh, um, like a few, maybe not even a month or so, I, I pretty much deleted everybody on Facebook. Uh, I kind of got rid of Facebook. Uh, it's It's been kind of nice, actually, uh, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, so it it was, it was, uh, nothing, nothing personal, but there's just so much negativity. It just, I don't know. Um, it kind of bothered me. So I, I just kind of got rid of it. And the only thing I, I use it for is for the groups that I'm a part of. And that's been very, very nice. Uh, just staying in contact with people through the different, uh, aviation groups and the other things I'm interested in. But, uh, so I'm still out there on the Twitter machine, uh, see hold as, as well on, uh, Instagram. And of course, uh, you can, uh, Shoot me an email at uh, chris at inthepatternpodcast.com. By the way, if you happen to be in that SoCal area or anywhere around uh, and are interested in possibly meeting up with us and doing that flight from uh, Pomona to uh, Catalina, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at chris at inthepatternpodcast.com, and I will uh, get back with you and give you some details. Awesome. Uh, Brad, how about you? 
Uh, you can reach me via email at brad at in the pattern podcast.com on uh, the Twitter machine at Brad Kane. And you can probably find me on the Facebook. Uh, just look for Brad Kane and look for the guy who kind of looks like me, I guess. Um, and of course, Kane is spelled just like it sounds Kilo Oscar Echo Hotel November. Of course. All right. And for me, you can find me at uh, John in the pattern podcast.com, uh, pretty much anywhere online at Pilot Conway. Uh, for the entire podcast, you can reach us all at podcast at in the pattern podcast.com on Twitter's in the pattern or uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash in the pattern podcast. Um, if you want show notes uh, or check out all the other episodes, it's in the pattern podcast.com. Uh, or uh, check us out on iTunes if you want to leave a review. Go ahead. Um, helps us out. Helps let other people just know about the podcast. Um, so uh, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up episode 71 of the End of Pattern Podcast. I'd like to thank y'all for listening. Remember, make left traffic. You're cleared for the option. 